<laughs> okay, we're recording. We're five seconds in. Time to be professional. Time to be professional. Professional. Yes! In the world of floral design, there are so many wholesome, educational, heartwarming podcasts. This is not heartwarming or possibly not even educational. This is the wrong podcast. You are listening to the wrong podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be one of those episodes where I'm giggling a lot. Is what I'm I'm going to feel. I'm up for it, love. I'm up for it. Is this educational? Who can you know, say? I mean, that's the question. Who can say? Who can say? You know, I sent a couple of our podcast episodes. You know, listeners will love this kind of like behind the scenes, mm-hmm. how they built this kind of realness. Um, I sent a few episodes to a couple of my friends, you know, who have bothered to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And um, they, a lot of them were like, this is hilarious. This is so funny. And then one friend was like, oh, I don't think the comedians have got anything to worry about for a while. And uh-huh. I was like. Bitchy. I was like, wow. She's, I was like, click some friends on Facebook. Yeah, I would have unfriended immediately, mm. love. I don't know this person. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> what are we I'm talking about today? Right? I'm excited for today. Mm. Well, today is our Agony Ant episode, which I'm quite excited about. Now, I'm not a big fan of necessarily being called an ant, but I'll take it if I I'm not to. a big fan of a um, lot of things, love, but I'm here with you today because I love you and I'm here to talk about you and your proxy ants. That's what we're all about. Well, what we kind of thought would be a great episode today is if we opened up our DMs to our readers to send in some really interesting, cool little questions. And we thought that maybe if this goes well, it could be a little regular feature. I don't know. I'm not the programmer. I'm just the creative force. And so we have got three wonderful little notes from people that people have sent in um, to ask us all about, like, what are the best flowers for? You know, dot, dot. So maybe it's people that are planning a wedding or an event or a new to floristry and they just want a little bit of advice. And for some reason, they're turning to us. This is also a good subject because I know that I have definitely seen over the years in like florist forums and things like that on Facebook, you know, you see little questions Mm -hmm. like this. And at first you kind of look at it and you know when someone types or says something so stupid that you actually squint? You know, you actually find yourself squinting at what what you're looking at. And I've done that and thought, (laughs) who is this moron? And then you think, oh, bless. Mm. You know, like I too once was that girl being like, is it hyacinth? Or is it hyacinth? Does it does it roll off the tongue as one? And um, which which one? Hy- which one is it? It's hyacinth. It's barely two <laughs> syllables. It is barely two syllables. Love hyacinth. Hyacinth. How would you say it in your natural I love that. habitat? In my natural habitat, I would say hyacinth. I put. I, it's a three syllable word for me. Oh, you- hyacinth. You're so rude. Are we not friends anymore? I've yeah, I can you. feel it coming. okay i'm gonna hit us with the first letter that someone has Mm -hmm. sent in um and i want your take on it and then i'll give my take on it and then this person's life will be immeasurably enriched and then i think we send the invoice (laughs) yeah kind of how it works all right so (laughs) all right letter one hi guys I have a wedding coming up later this spring, and my bride is head over heels for scented flowers. What are your favorite scented flowers that are available in spring? My bride's palette is pinks, purples, brews, and blues. And I'm pretty new to this whole malarkey, so if you have anything that would specifically work... (laughs) Did you say brews and blues? 
Is there a new colour palette I've never heard of? Bruce? What, what's that lovely purpley yeah, red said, colour you're wearing, darling? Is that Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I'm reading it off my phone right oh. now. My palette is pinks, pebbles, bruise, and blues. <laughs> and I'm pretty. <laughs> that's going down into and for I'm... me. All right, carry on. Finish the letter. <laughs> And I'm pretty new to this whole malarkey. So if you've anything specifically that would work in that palette, that would be great. Thanks so much to you both in advance. I'm a big fan of all that you handsome gays do. This is from Tish. Trish without the R. Shepherdswell, the Garden of Kent. Oh, the Garden of England, Kent. Bless. You've been there once or twice. I I do love Kent. I do absolutely love Kent. It truly is the Garden of um, England. But it's interesting because this is, you know, for for me, our springs are obviously pole opposite times of the year and we get very different flowers here to you would in the UK. I mean, for me, a spring flower, I don't know if it's bruise specifically, but it's definitely definitely jasmine love. Mm -hmm. You can't do a scented spring wedding without jasmine. Mm. I would agree. I would agree. I would answer this very much as like, what is spring in your climate? Because what's spring in your climate, we maybe have some similarities to with what's spring in our climate. Um, and I mean, I guess this, I would say this is a pretty simple question because I think in spring you have so many bright flowers. Like there's a huge palette to, you know, to pick from. Jasmine is a winner straight away. I mean, here in the UK, we start to see the plants on the market. Like, I mean, they're available, I think from like, maybe November, I think. They're available kind of all over Christmas. Um, but we can definitely get them like in abundance, looking really sexy, like February, March, April, you know, they're really in blossom, like ready to go. Um, what are your favourite types of flower to use for like spring weddings? Spring, weddings? probably Renunx would be a big spring flower for me. Um, mm-hmm, Renunx, mm-hmm. Anemone, Jasmine, um, mm-hmm. Ornithalgamum, lots of I don't know. Spring to me is always very pretty. You know, matricaria and chamomile. Mm. You know, it's all pretty and small and dainty mm. and violets and all all sorts of pretty freesia. Um, mm, all that delicate, like it's it is. It's kind of delicate little things. It is it? delicate, it's all little tiny little mm-hmm. flowers. And I mean, if I was a flower, I would definitely be a spring delicate. Blossom. I would be a bulvardia. Um, you know, we've covered this before. If uh, I was a flower, I would be a bulvardia. I have to say, that's probably the one thing about you that I do not fundamentally understand. I would like to think we're good friends. I would like to think that I understand a fair amount of what you say and where you're from. But your deep love for Bouvardia... It goes beyond you, doesn't it? I can't feel it. Yeah. It does. It just goes straight over the head. You are Bouvardia. I am not Bouvardia. (laughs) It's just who we are and how we roll. Um, I would say some of my favourites for, like, pinks and blues. If it's later on in spring, I think we get Forget-Me-Not here. Myosotis, like, the delicate little deliciousness that's available in pink and blue, which is very, very sexy. Um, I find blue harder to work with than pink. I think with pink... You've got a million options. You've got Ranunculus, as you said. Um, Hanoi is one of my favourite ones. You, get, you know, Hanoi. Yeah, and Tweedia. The big blush. Yeah, Tweedia we get in blue. Yeah. I think the... But I think we can get that all year round. Oh, wait. It's Tweedia. very I don't seasonal think that's for us. It's kind of spring, summer for us here. Mm, Tweedy is one of those flowers, I have to be honest, I don't buy it very often because I think it's relatively expensive for what you get. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Do you have flowers like that that like you kind of shy away from because you're like, gosh, that's always expensive. Uh, Absolutely. And that's what that's actually what I think about Bouvardia. 
Like, I'm always like, oh, that's pretty she pricey for for what I'm yeah. getting. You know, for like Bang versus Book yeah. kind of thing. No, she is pricey. I will agree with you on that. I do believe that Bavaria is pricey for what she is. Um, but, okay, mm. so we're, off, we're completely off topic here. So, I think Spring Flowers, I mean, I'm. <laughs> do you know what's gotten me about this is I am sitting here racking my brain. I'm like, what? on God's green earth, is bruise. Like, what is a flower that I can think of that is bruise? Like, <laughs> Well, we get over here, I don't know what your anemones are like, but here in the UK, in Europe, our anemones are available on the cut flower market from, I would say, like, November through to probably May at the very latest, I would say. But in my opinion, I don't think they're really, I don't think they really kind of hit their stride until like February, March, when they really start to kind of come into their like quote unquote natural kind of season. I think if you buy them before then they never look that great. And um, if I buy anemones, I always buy the, um, the minstrel or mistral family, um, which is like a really good quality one. And they do have like some lavender kind of hues. I wouldn't say they're necessarily brews, um, but they are like very lavendery and dusty. And that's probably where I would go with that. I mean, the only flower that I can think of that's kind of like really kind of bruisey kind of color is like, uh, Fritillaria, uh, Meliagris, you know, the little snake's head Fritillaria. That's in like that kind of gray, purple, kind of sometimes has a bit of a red in it maybe so maybe that's the only one i can think of off the top of my head but i mean you know me i'll throw a fritillaria in anything when they go out of season i'm like oh because she's out of work for nine months yeah well i mean she's been out of work for 18 yeah. months so why not keep the winning streak on love <laughs> <laughs> i am not laughing I'm yeah crying. yeah i know you're but dead inside the end is nigh Oh, but that was a good little question. I do love spring. I think spring, I have to admit, um, winter is actually my favorite. I wish there were more winter weddings because I think there are the most delightful blooms in Mm. winter for weddings. What are, what are you talking about when you say, like, winter blooms? What's, like, the quintessential Australian? Um, Tulips, jonquil, narcissus. um, You know, we start Mm -hmm, to get mm -hmm. freesia. Um, yeah, so to me, like, the most beautiful little winter kind of bouquet would be, like, double-frilled tulips with narcissus or, you know, jonquils and Ooh. little bits of bovardia and little bits of freesia and stuff like that. Do you know, like, really scented, yummy, mm. heavy, bulby kind of bouquets? I just love it. Mm. Absolutely love it. Spring spring flowers are always like that, aren't they? They're always, like, really fleshy. Like really wet to hold, you know what I mean? Like they've got that kind of juiciness. It's the wet season, love. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not wet in spring, you're not in Manchester. (laughs) (laughs) I should get that as a tattoo somewhere on my body. I'll leave you to. If you're not wet in spring, you're not in Manchester. I mean, you know, if you're not wet, you're not in Manchester. It's really... Um, uh, for me, uh, like, purple is always, like, a trickier one to work with. You know, when people say, oh, like, I, I absolutely hate doing purple. And I mean this with, like, a lot of love. But, you know, when people have, like, like, okay, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, there was a big trend in the UK for, like, Cadbury's purple. Yes. It was, like, a big wedding colour. Do you know what I mean? And it was often with silver. <laughs> Which I can't really yeah, yeah. kind that's, of uh, that's bear. A lot. Yeah, horrendous. And I, I have flashbacks to some of my earlier jobs trying to deal with that kind of combination. But nowadays when I use purple, it's often like with bruise and with pinks and all that kind of gorgeousness. So it's a little bit softer. Um, but it's a tricky one for sure. Like to know kind of what, 
and like when you think of purple like it's it's a hard one there's a, a really lovely hyacinth that i love um hyacinth woodstock but it, it that's quite a kind of cadbury's purple it's pretty vibrant um but I, there's a ton like if you're looking at purples there's a ton of ranunculus uh tulips um you know the anemones that you can get in all those like lavendery mm. lilac colors and lilac of course as well lilac is such a beautiful spring yeah yeah a little bit later on Mine is just flowering in my garden at the minute. I was smelling it about half an hour ago. Um, I absolutely adore blues in weddings, but f- you know, in terms of what you can put into a bouquet, there's there's bugger all around in blue. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the most beautiful blue delphinium that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, you can't see someone trotting down the aisle in some nasty boho gown carrying meter high delphinium, can you? Nine one one. What is your emergency? <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> the visual is spot on um, in the worst yeah. way. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think blue is always a challenge to work with, like any time of year, really. Blue flowers, for me, I always think are easier in the summer. I think you've got more options. You've got hydrangea, you know, delphinium, um, larkspur, and like the kind of purple. You've got, um, if you're early summer, late spring, you've got forget-me-not, you've got cornflower. Um, there's more to play with. Like, my nightmare is when people come to me and say, oh, like, I want a blue, you know, I want blue in my bouquet and I'm getting married in November. Or, like, I just think, oh, my God. And like, that's when the bride on the other end like, of the phone just hears, beep, beep, beep. 911, what is your emergency? <laughs> she actually hears, like, a soft rustling of papers. And then it's, oh, I'm sorry, we're, we're booked up that day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How embarrassing for us. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Okay, so one final question I have to have. If you were, do, if you were answering Tish's question, who's taking the time to write into us, uh, um, would you include Blossom in that? Are you, are you, do you get a lot of Blossom Look, over in blossom, Australia? Our Blossom season in Australia is through about 45 minutes long. Like, it's not. A long mm. season, love. You know, it really, it's, it's mm-hmm. cold in Perth, as you know it, for around about half an hour. And in that mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. half an hour, we all rush to get a trench coat. And then by the time we've got it and on, it's spring. three minutes yeah, of yeah. blossom. So, yeah. <laughs> so, blossom for me, I think could be quite delightful in a bouquet, but I definitely think it sounds like it's more of a cold climate kind of fantasy rather than a warm, um, a warm spring because a spring to me is 30 mm-hmm. degrees yeah see that's not our spring spring for us is like 10 degrees maybe exactly. and we're like oh my god summer's uh-huh. here yeah so it's very different this is one of those questions which i thought would be an interesting one because um you know we approach it from very different perspectives based on like how kind of where we are so um tish thank you for writing in i appreciate everything you're doing and all your love and joy we wish you we love, love tish. tish all the best um Shepherd's well, don't know where that is, really. Um, no intention of going there, but no. uh, I, I wish you all the best. Thank you, Tish. Thank you. Yes! After Tish's uh, wonderful uh, message, well, let's move on to our second submission. This one is from Geraldine M. Geraldine M. strikes me as a uh, very mysterious woman. She won't give her last name. Maybe she's maybe she's on the. Was phone. it Geraldine? I mean, Did she say. put Geraldine dot M or just Geraldine space M? Geraldine space yeah, M. She's on the there run, was a comma love. after the. She's, she's on, on the, the run, run, and she's based in. This, she's based in a two Oh, she's in regional Adelaide. South Australia. 
Really? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you were going to hide away from doing a crime, that's where you'd probably be, yeah. right? That's where you'd, that's where you'd, you'd duck start. out the back yeah, door, yeah. really. I mean, everything about this submission does, it just sounds to me like someone is on the run. But, I mean, um, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want a phone call from Interpol after this episode airs. But, um, you know, we will obviously have to hand over all evidence to the appropriate authorities should um, we be implicated get onto in, the in damn anything going toward. Hi, Matthew and Joe. Not oh, Joseph, I, love that I was just going to say, I, love that I went first then. I'm so mm-hmm. happy with that. We love Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there we are. Hi, Matthew and Joe. I believe I'm a Joseph, but that's <clears throat> fine, Geraldine. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of you both. And I was wondering if you can help me with some ideas from an outdoor ceremony backdrop that I have to make later this year. My bride loves, loves, loves Hydrangea. But here in Adelaide, our summers are pretty warm, warm, warm. So I'm so worried about using them outside. Will they wilt, wilt, wilt? What advice do you have to help my hydrangea and keep them from wilting? Or what other flowers would you recommend? Thank ya so much. Geraldine M. from Tuparang, Adelaide. You know, I, the first thing that springs to mind is I just adore the fact that Geraldine has spoken in nursery rhyme. Like she has, everything's like run, run, run. Like it's a nursery rhyme. Like it's not a question. She's actually, she's a literary icon, Geraldine. I'd like to, yeah. I I wonder whether she had too much time on her hands when she crafted this message. She saw our shout out and she thought, I'm on the run. No, no, no. She wasn't on the run, Dale. She was on the run, run, run. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she does, she has employed um, hyperbole through this quite a lot. She's a huge, huge, huge fan of us. She loves, loves, loves Ranger. She is driving around (laughs) regional South Australia with like a kelpie on a piece of rope on the back of a ute. Like this is the... What's a kelpie? What, what, like, what like a sheep what's a dog. What's a ute? She's got a sheep dog on the back of a <laughs> lorry, love. Like this is the... Vi- <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy through the Adelaide Hills. That's the vision I've got right now. I think, I mean, I can't say for sure, but there does, on the bottom of this letter, it does look like there is a dog print, a paw print. Um, so, I mean, I, that could factually be correct. Um, I'm going to hand this over to you. Oh. What do you do about outside installations? I know if your bride loves hydrangea. How would you handle that, you know, please? I have been... I have had hydrangea in 40-degree weather that has lasted for three weeks. And I have had the same, and Which it has part? lasted for minutes. Hydrangea is, in my expert opinion, one of the most unpredictable flowers that you can work with, no matter how well it's conditioned or hydrated. So, for me, Mm. hydrangea is a no-no in terms of bride's bouquet, bridal party, bridesmaids. Um, It's it's a no from me. I don't mind putting it Mm. into ceremony or reception flowers, even in summer. I don't mind doing that. And I had an instance probably about five years ago where we were doing a marquee wedding and it was a clear marquee on a 40 degree day. So, no, it was probably, it was no joke. It would have been 50 degrees inside that marquee when we were setting up to the point where I was with pressure. Oh, and we why? actually had to go and lay down oh on the gosh. lawn for like half an hour because we were both so hot. And the whole oh wedding gosh. was I hydrangea mean- and roses. And I just remember looking at this hydrangea being like, what is my life? Why 
I mean, we have had a similar story. I mean, we did a festival, clear roof marquees, unless you are paying to have like serious industry level, um, industrial, you know, air conditioning, yeah. don't bother. Like, I literally don't bother. We did it's a not one I'm attending or a clear, sure. no, Jesus. I mean, we did a clear roof marquee wedding about two years ago now, um, pre-COVID, of course. And they had like tiny little, um, like heat, you know, like coolers blowing in the corner, which did absolutely nothing. Um, Heather, as you know, one of my uh, team problem. members, um, one of my se- senior florists, she, um, she nearly had heat stroke oh. because it was, it can get so <laughs> hot in there. So when you say oh, that, like you have to go out and lie down and, you know, stop yourself from, you know, feeling nauseous. I have been in that situation where you walk into a marquee and you are like, Oh my gosh, like I'm in, you know, the devil's crotch. 911. What is your emergency? This is the location of this wedding. Like, it's so hot. Um, hydrangea is a hydrangea is one. such a tricky but one. But I'm also mm. not scared of, you know, if you're doing something for a ceremony or reception, like an install, especially in a marquee, something that's not going to be mm. in the immediate view of the guests, so not a table centrepiece, mm-hmm. but something up high or mm-hmm. a backdrop. I've got artificial mm-hmm. hydrangea, really, really good quality artificial hydrangea, and we just bang that in with the other florals. And you can't tell the difference. Once it's mixed with fresh foliage and other florals, you can't tell that it's artificial. Absolutely. And I think that if I were doing this, I mean, I've never done a wedding in Australia. I've only, um, you know, been a guest in your country. Um, And if I was doing it, I would be like, cool, we can totally do hydrangea, but it's going to be artificial. And we're going to place it high up and you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. touch it and all the rest of it. And I must admit, we do exactly the same. If I'm doing a, you know, like a big, um, you know, ring or a hoop that's going to go over a bar or it's a ceiling installation or, you know, anything in a marquee or a wedding or something, if it is more than like two or three meters high, chances are I'm going to be filling it out with some artificial. I mean, the client knows, of yeah. course, but I mean, sometimes those things have to fly, you know, 48 hours, you know, to a good 24 hours before the day of the wedding. Um, and the only way to get something to look, you know, great and to look brilliant and to be there in position is sometimes to use silk, you know, um, out of interest. How do you process your hydrangea? What's your, what's your process? It's, it's a process? complete soak for us. So we would actually completely mm-hmm. submerge the hydrangea for a good couple of hours. So, yeah, for like an afternoon or so, like put it in at lunchtime, come back to it before you're about to go. And we would completely submerge the stem, the flower, the whole kit and caboodle. And then it's really important that you give it a really, really good shake off um, just to get the excess mm-hmm. moisture out of the blooms. And then just cut them, put them back into deep water mm-hmm. and then put them into the cool room or the refrigerator so that you can get that nice level of crispness. Because the thing is that beautiful Dutch grown hydrangea that you get there is so vastly different to what we get here because we don't get mm-hmm. that beautiful high level quality hothouse hydrangea like you do a lot of ours mm-hmm. is grown just mm-hmm. in greenhouses and fields so it doesn't mm-hmm. have that mm-hmm. same strength in the bloom and the stem mm-hmm. so that's this sort of you know effort we would go to when we're conditioning something like that Mm. For me, I think summer, we do a similar process to what mm-hmm. you just talked about, I would say, um, with a couple of differences. We don't soak our stems fully, like, you know, submerge the heads. So what we usually do, hydrangea comes in, 
if I can, and 99, 99% of the time I will, I will take out every single leaf. Um, I will remove any woody section that's at the bottom. You know, sometimes hydrangea yes, has that, like, yep. random woody, mm-hmm. like, branchy bit. So I take that straight off with a knife, um, flower food in the water, go straight into the water, and we keep it refrigerated. Um, and then I usually find that's absolutely fine. For me, I think hydrangea suffers in the sunlight. It suffers with air movement. It suffers if it's out of water. So, I mean, my advice would be if you're bride is like, oh, I absolutely need it. I would look to use fresh water tubes or a fresh water source, like the eco wraps or something. Um, It doesn't do well in Oasis whatsoever. Um, And don't even try and just put it in kind of into chicken wire without any kind of water source. I think that's just crazy. Um, But this is a tricky one for me. I wasn't really sure how you would go about this, but you would probably say, try and do silk if you can and try and advise the client to go down another route. Yeah, in essence, you know, if it's a if the client is hell-bent on it, then they'll understand the the risk. There's risk associated with hydrangea. And for us, I think in our mm-hmm. industry, it's just all about communication, love. And I think if clients understand that you're not just feeding them nonsense just for the sake of trying to get out of using a particular type of flower, they just need to understand the process and the, the associated risks with using it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really true. And part of your job as a floral designer, I think, is to present those risks in like a palatable way to your client. You know what I mean? To be like, I can do this. If I do, there is a risk that, you know, this could happen. What I would advise instead is to do this instead. And if we do that, then it will, won't look exactly like this. It will look like this, but I think that will look great. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I mean, that's what, that's hopefully what the client is paying you for, not just for the flowers. It's for your expertise. It's for your knowledge of how this will work and what's going to, you know, produce the very best result based on, you know, your advice and based on the client's wishes. Totally agree. Okay, so thank you, Geraldine M. We wish you all the best with your wedding. Um, And if you are on the run, we appreciate you taking the time to to write in. That can't have been easy. So we do appreciate that. Um, For our next letter, um, this this is a good one, Matthew. I think you'll enjoy this one. Hi, Joseph and Matthew. <laughs> I like it. I'm yeah, right around. I hope you can help me out. I have a big wedding later this year. My bride is getting married in September here in California, and she's a big fan of autumn, but she absolutely hates orange and red and all the autumnal colors of the wind. She can't even look at a pumpkin without screaming for the smelling salts. Do you have any advice on how to make a statement with an autumnal color palette that isn't autumnal help yours forever and always cindy cinderson cinderville san diego i think cindy knows pocahontas personally <gasps> judging by the there's way, a chance judging by the way that that's written i was like she knows pocahontas like she's been she has definitely been touched by all the colors of the wind a hundred percent because <laughs> i tell you what girl if i was almost in tears over the sight of a pumpkin I mean, have you ever been to a <laughs> have you ever been to a floral art demonstration and seen a room full of seventy plus year old women almost in tears over the placement of a Strelitzia? This is that same bride. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I've never heard anything like it. That is fantastic. 
Oh, that's hilarious. I think this is a real tricky one because she sounds like Cindy, God bless you, um, you know, based in Cinderville, uh, San Diego. I think that this is a really, really tricky one simply because we've all had those difficult clients who are maybe fictional characters from Disney movies or maybe exist and they can be tricky. You know, they're asking you to interpret something that is really tricky to interpret. Um, you know, an autumnal colour palette, but hates orange, hates red, um, and all the, she hates all the autumnal colours of the wind. So, I mean, where would you even begin with that? I mean, gosh. Um, I mean, to me, I would probably go down more the line of like lemon, pastel, coral, um, <gasps> like powder lavender. That to me also Ooh. says autumn. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I would head. I'm I would be that. like lavender, um, really, really deep merlot kind of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. basically like you want to go to that autumnal colour palette, but then stretch it out into all the tints, tones, shades and hues of absolutely everything to steer away from that colour wheel kind of autumnal palette that I think the bride sounds like she's scared of. Either that or it's a refund. Thank you, Tata. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, are you... I guess what I'm kind of envisioning with this is kind of like... Not so much a polychromatic, but like a, almost like a, like a really big analogous color yes. palette built around kind of, kind of shades of autumn without being like, here is your orange pumpkin. Here is your red oak leaves. Here is your dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. See, an orange pumpkin to me is like a really pastel coral color. That's how you get autumn mm-hmm. out of orange. And then with yellow, you go to a really, really faint lemon. With red, you go to a mm-hmm. really, really deep merlot. You know, like get to those autumnal colours, but just stretch the palette a little bit further than just looking at that, yeah, that primary sort of colour wheel block colour that we're all used to seeing. Yeah, I do kind of agree with this, actually. Like, I don't think it's that an outrageous a demand to be like, I'm getting married in autumn and I don't want, you know, to have a, you know, carved pumpkin on every table filled with oak leaves and rose hips. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is something there to be kind of, you know, there's a kind of elegance that you can dive into there. I would probably, hmm, how would I take this? One of my favorite color palettes actually to work with is what I term the Joseph Massey Autumnal Pink Collection. Um, which is where we work through autumnal pink shades. And here in the UK, we get like pinky purple heather that comes out in autumn, which is beautiful. You could go for like all the autumnal hydrangea, which just starts to turn like ready pinky green. That could be very pretty. Um, and we also have, um, some forocarpos, the, the snowberry here, like pink snowberry. So I would kind of work along that kind of line. I would be like, we can have a little bit of brown or a little bit of like very, very deep red, Mm -hmm. as you said, very good shout. And then I would probably take that towards like pinks and maybe then you can throw in a lilac or whatever. But that that could be a cool way to do it. I mean, the other way I thought that you could really take this is stick with brown, but put it with... Are you talking like terra, you know, terra anthurium kind of brown? Like that sort of... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... Yes. Like I would stick with those kind of like... And shimmer. Chocolate, you know, like shimmer terra. roses and toffee roses. Yes. Yeah. 
all of that mm-hmm, kind of business. Mm-hmm. I would put all of that with a lot of ivory. And I think that could look really I agree. Smart too. I agree. Like to do like a very ivory palette with just Try hints to of like a Blanca Rose into brown. her love. I'm in for it. Oh, stop it. I mean, that could be quite quite divine. And like that really nice sim carnation that is that really kind of creole color, that sort of light sort of apricot sort of shade. I know the one you mean. Mm. Yeah, that could be beautiful. Mm. Here we have a carnation called um Viper and Viper oh, Wine. I love two, Viper two ones, wine. which are really yes. lovely. Um oh my god, she's Delicious. my favorite drink. And um I think that could be a really nice hit as well. So I, d- I don't think this is so outrageous. What I would probably say to Cindy Cinderson of Cinderville in San Diego, I would probably say that this is um I would say calm down. I would say this isn't the end of the world. This is very doable. Just make sure you don't put any pumpkins anywhere. Um, and, you know, be a little bit creative with the colours. That's probably a good way to go. I would agree. She just doesn't want to be drinking Fanta. She wants to be drinking a nice creaming soda at her wedding. You know, make sure that it's all, you know, <laughs> not, not too pumpkin-like. No pumpkin pies at this wedding reception. No pumpkin pies at this wedding. Thank you, uh, Cindy Sinderson. Um what a name. In. What a uh, name. Is the town named name. after her? That's fantastic. I'm truly impressed it's, and inspired. I don't know if she's a founder, maybe. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Um, I'm feeling a certain type of way around that. I think she could be I'm one of the on. original founders. Mm, yeah, I mean, we'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. All right. Thank you so much to Cindy, Geraldine, and Tish. Trish without the R. Um, we appreciate all of your letters so far. We've got one more to dive into, which I'm very excited about. I'm ready about. for it. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Matt and Joe. Can't. I can't. She's tuned into the wrong show. <laughs> Who is this woman? Who is this nobody? Who is this... <laughs> Who has said that? Who would dare say that? I'm <laughs> shook. I'm completely triggered by that. I'm completely <laughs> triggered. Did the did the H-E-W get, like, lost in the post? Or I what? think, I, I don't know whether she could afford them. She I ran out of she the has pen. Those. Something happened. The pen- <laughs> I mean, I must admit, I did pick this letter because it started that way and I thought it was hilarious. Okay, <clears throat> Hi, Matt and Joe. Hope yous are good. I have a real problem with knowing when to order my flowers before a party. I have up and coming. My clients have opted for lilies and sunflowers, with a few other flowers too. But I really struggle with knowing when and how to order these types of flowers to make sure they're open. Is there any advice you can give me? Thanks a bunch. Marissa from the Bar- Marina Bay Sands Penthouse, Singapore. <laughs> I tell you what, if this is really where this person, I don't know where this person gets off, but if she's living in a penthouse <laughs> at Marina Bay Sands and she's got lilies and sunflowers, mm-hmm. she needs to be consulting a doctor. 911, what is your emergency? Because that one's in her longer. In her longer letter, she is using pink lilies. I mean, this is the short letter I'm reading out. In her longer letter, she did reveal she's using um, pink lilies. She's using, um, obviously, yellow sunflowers. And she is also planning a few bud vases with some orange jebra. 
I just have to. I just have to swallow <laughs> that for a okay. second. Um, because if you had have just Marissa? said like gypsophila or something like that, I would have just. I would have just fallen over then right now. <laughs> That's certainly a vision. Um, now it's a everyone vision. deserves it's a to have what they like. Wow. Um, Do they? That's that's definitely a demographic I've never tapped into, that um, colour palette and that floral mm-hmm. choice. Uh, the first thing I'd be doing is letting the sunflowers open and then ripping all the petals off so you can get rid of the yellow. Oh, I do love a sunflower seed head. Me too. I love a sunflower seed head. We like head. to call them um, non-petalous. That's what we like to call non petalis. Non petalis. Extra zero on the ticket. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> this um, is actually a uh, helianthus non petalis. Thank you. Look, the they're thing not $3 I think about is with something like this is, I mean, you can throw as much glitter on a turd as you want, but at the end of the day, it's still a piece of. And mm. this is what this sounds like to me that there's going to be an awful <laughs> lot of glitter thrown at this event. Um, wow. I mean, the thing is, when I hear actually something like that, on a serious note, you've got such passive flowers. So, you've got such passive, you know, sunflowers, gerberas, and then you've got these lilies that are kind of trying to make an appearance too. I mean, good grief. It sounds to me like you definitely need something really active and really striking in these designs, like whether it's grasses or um, something a little softer. It needs something soft. I mean, for goodness sake, that's a lot of heavy. (laughs) And it's also very what you would call or classify, it's very pedestrian. You know, it's something that you, all those types of flowers are things that you would get in supermarkets and you would see just everywhere. So, if you really want to add polish to this and make it suitable for an event, it needs to have something elegant, classy, and almost romantic to it to actually make it look like a florist has done it. Mm, I mean, I I do kind of agree with you, actually, because I think... I do agree with you, but I also kind of don't agree with you. Mm. (gasps) Are you ready? I think that as floral designers, we've all been in a scenario like this before, where we've been presented with a design brief that makes us feel nauseous and need to lay down outside the clear roofed marquee. Um, the What I would probably say... I'm just going to insert that- the picture of the bicycle that you made a few years ago right here. The, the what I made? The bicycle. The funeral when did tribute. I make a bicycle? That, wasn't it a... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't even believe that. Mm, yeah, do you remember that? I, I sure do, doll. I have that saved oh somewhere. God. I will find it for you. But yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> Why are we bothering with podcast art when we have a picture of that? Yeah, that's that was something else. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I did that. Yeah, my god, that must have been. Oh, five, five years ago? Seven years ago, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, that was for a funeral, and it was for a very good client of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been there. Like, I've been in this scenario where you have to, where you have a brief, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't really know how I'm going to 
how I'm going to do this. Like, this is kind of, this, this is kind of crazy. Um, but I do kind of, this is where I think the value is as a floral designer. You're, you're, you're a designer. You're not an order taker. So if somebody says, Oh, I want lilies and I want sunflowers and I'm thinking of orange gerbera, I would hope that many people listening to this would maybe have the skill set to be like, that's really cool. And that's a great starting point. But what I would do is I would then look to throw in my own ideas of, okay, well, how how about we use, um, hmm, how about we None jump sunflowers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about we use maybe some deep red uh, helenium, or which is kind of, you know, looks a bit like a sunflower, mm-hmm. or maybe we throw in some helenium and then we throw in um, some rudbeckia or some echinacea. And instead of the orange, why don't we do, I don't know, like a magenta, um, you know, Jebra or something like that. And I would try and play around with it and see how open my client is Mm -hmm. to being able to kind of, you know, tweak the palette so that it was something that I would be really happy to put my name on. I mean, we have all done jobs that we don't want to put our name to, right? Like, especially in the- We continue to. And I often think as well that funerals are one of those things that it's just, I will do whatever the client wants for a funeral mm-hmm. because it is one of those times where it's like, you know, what's on brand as such, it goes out the window because if it's something that's sentimental, personal. meaningful, personal, I will do whatever you want. You want a rainbow casket spray? I'll do a rainbow casket spray. If that's what means something to you during this time, I'm more than happy to do it. But for, I agree with you, for a wedding or a special event, a party, we have mm. got the opportunity to sell them something that's better than what they're they're, they're telling us. Absolutely. And I think that's where our value is as designers it's to be able to, value is. you know, take uh, something and be like, okay, well, this is fine. But with my expertise, I could elevate it. And then you can look to make compromises in other areas, which I think is always a good way to go. So um, Marissa in the Marina Bay Sands penthouse, um, she was talking about how early she should order these flowers in as well. She really struggles with, in her longer letter, she says um, that several times she's ordered lilies, you know, five days before, three days before, and they haven't opened, and it's brought out in tears um, because of this. So, I mean, what's your advice on lilies? How how early do you kind of get them in for? Oh, God, you know, I've had um, oriental lilies that I've needed to open, and I've gotten them in for like, on, like, Monday, thinking mm-hmm. that they're going to be, you know, well and truly open by Thursday or Friday when I need them. And, you know, come Friday morning, they're still a asshole, and you think, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, and it's just... Or then you have the extreme where it's just, you know, you've got them in, you know, with what you think's not enough time. And the next thing they're like, poof, and they're open. So, mm-hmm. it's such a, I think it's just also about, as a florist, being aware of techniques to use if you need to get something to open quickly. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Go on, what do you do? What one are your, for me what are your would tips be techniques? hotboxing. So, or hotboxing or hot housing. As we would call I'm it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I am too, darling. I'm, I'm heading down the sexual? pathway. You just stay on the side. So, I. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what I would do is if I needed to get, like, if I had some lilies sitting in front of me right now, some oriental lilies, for instance, and I needed them to be open tomorrow, the, what I would do mm-hmm. is I would fill up a bucket, a market bucket with. Really, and I'm talking not hot water, but not lukewarm water, like water that you could put your hand into comfortably, but after a while you'd be like, mm, that's really quite warm. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. level of warm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And then I would give them a fresh cut. I would put them in. Then I would get a giant garbage bag, a giant trash bag that you would put in a council bin. I would put it over the whole thing. And then I would Mm. get a really wide packing tape, like a sellotape. And then I Mm -hmm. would tape the bag to the bucket so that it's completely insulated. No, there's no mm-hmm, safe mm-hmm. word here, Dal. The safe word is open. <laughs> the lilies are open. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically what because what you're gonna do is you base it's like putting them back into a hot house. It's like putting them back into mm. a glass house. And then the you know, the heat will obviously expand into the bag and then, you know, will will warm up the whole plant as such. And then in theory, I should be able to come in tomorrow morning and they've either cracked like the 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 buds have cracked and they'll start opening quickly or they'll mm-hmm. be open. Um, and in essence, you know, if it doesn't work, repeat the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's actually a excellent technique. It's what I recommend as well. The only kind of extra thing that I would do, because that's what I'm here for, mm-hmm. um, is I would put them in sunlight as well, because yeah, I'm a I big have- believer that actual daylight helps a lot with flowers. Like I've had weddings before where I've needed not necessarily um, pink lilies and sunflowers, but I've needed um, like anemones or tulips or peonies to open. And I think the addition of natural daylight to that helps so much. I really, really, really think it does. Do you think that, you know, with something like sunflowers, for instance, so I don't know uh, what I would do also is if you need the flowers short, cut them short because obviously 10,000%. Yeah. If a sunflower, if you're using them short, cut them short because if you, um, if you only need them short, obviously they're, you know, not going to need to take up as much water. Um, and they're just going to open so much quicker. So that's always my go-to as well when it comes to trying to get something to open quickly, even roses, you know, for a wedding, mm-hmm. you're trying to get roses to open mm-hmm. for a wedding. It's like, well, how long do they need to be? Can we cut them down shorter? If they've come oh, in at sure. 70 centimetres, cut them down to bloody 30 if you only need them at 30 centimetres. Can I tell you one of my absolute secret little tips? It's probably not even not a secret little tip. I'm sure everyone does it. But I, because of the nature of my work, mm-hmm. I do zero retail. Mm-hmm. Um, like our business is very opposite. Mm. Anyway. I guess you do like, you're mostly retail. I do nothing in retail. Um, and I've done nothing for the past 18 months. Thank you to coronavirus. Um, <laughs> and for my weddings and events, I will never ever, ever order over a 60 centimeter rose. And if I can, I will order a 40 or a 50 centimeter rose simply because with 99.9% of everything I'm making, Mm -hmm. I do not need that length. I mean, if I'm doing a big N or if I'm doing a big statement piece and I need that stem length, then I will specifically order flowers, which are 70, 80, 90 centimeter long. No problem at all. Um, But most of my roses that I get in 50, 55 centimeter because the head is fantastic and the stems can be as short as I need because you know what? 99.9% of the time I'm cutting those right down and putting them in small vases or candelabra or, you know, garlands or whatever it's going to be. So, and it also helps get the, you know, the water to the head, to the rose head or to the flower head even quicker. So on the Um, flip side of this, do you have anything or any tips that you would share on, let's just say I've got some roses or, you know, lilies or something that I need to open. And then all of a sudden, they, they, you get them really open and it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. the event's not for three days. Do you yes. just chuck oh them in gosh. the fridge? 
at 10,000%. So I, it's basically the opposite formula. So I think that if you want anything to open really quickly, you need heat, you need light, you need sugar, and you need like not a lot of air movement to kind of get everything to, to like boil up and open up as quickly mm-hmm. as you can. Mm-hmm. And if you want to really keep things um, exactly as they are for as long as you can, it is the opposite. It's cool cooling it everything down, cool it down, cool it down, put it in the dark, make sure, you know, it's completely, you know, in, in a, in a, in a space where it's not going to be moved it's not going to be touched um and make sure the water's cool as well and to take any sh- if you you know added sugar or something to the water um you can take that out as well i think yeah yeah. Marissa, Marissa, thank you for your letter. We appreciate, um, we appreciate writing in. We, you know, we I would almost you. bet a hundred dollar note though that Marissa, she is not in a penthouse at the Marina Bay Sands. Well, I mean, who the thing is, the tricky thing is here, Matthew, is we can't go and check. Do you know what I mean? I know. Things. So don't, we, I can't. we can't even do a little bit of a, a little bit of a what's going on here, Marissa. Yeah. I mean, I would like to say thank you to everyone who has um, written in. We, uh, it will make this a regular feature, I'm sure. So please do send in your letters to hello at josephmassey.com. Um, and we will, um, you know, we'll answer those in future podcasts. So we do appreciate it. Um, thank you to Marissa, to Cindy Sinderson, to uh, Geraldine, Mysterious M, and to Tish for writing in. Um, we appreciate all of your hard work, letters, and love notes. And um, thank you to you, Matthew Landers. Oh, thank you, Mr. Massey. It is always a pleasure. I feel like this episode is is nice. You know, we've had a couple of episodes that have been <laughs> what you would call high camp. You know, and this, high camp. this has actually been really nice. It's like, you know, the peaks and troughs. I feel like this was a nice little trough. I mean, we do know oh, that sunflowers and lilies look best in a trough. Um, and this is out the back in the bin. In the bin, Dale. Pop it in the skip bin out the back. But it's just, you know, I feel like we have <laughs> to have these episodes where we actually get down to the reality. And these these little notes that people have sent in from, you know, the farm areas and the penthouses, they are they are what we are in our industry. And uh, me, uh, you know, myself as the people's florist, I like to believe my own um, delusions. Delusions. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) No, I think it's nice, love, because I think it's, you know, these jobs, especially, you know, I mean, God, it's going to be my luck tomorrow. Someone's going to walk in and be like, can I have some sunflowers and some lilies and gerbers, please? And I'm just going to be like, no. <laughs> but I do have a woman who will sort you out in Singapore. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, for this episode of Flowers After Hours. We have had an absolute hoot doing it, and I hope it's been doing it for you. It's been a hooty toot. Make sure you click subscribe down below and that you leave us a rating and review. That would mean the absolute world to us. And you do not want to miss an episode of Flowers After Hours. Help us on our way to becoming the next Floral Kardashians. And we'll see you on the next one. Yay!